An area of sports performance that is often neglected is the psychological. Last week at the National Soccer Coaches Convention in Chicago, I met with a global sports psychologist, Dan Abrahams, who specializes in the sports of soccer and golf. This is Glenn Crooks for the Soccer City Spotlight. This guy's fantastic. And as a current club coach, I think it's fascinating stuff. But as always, you can take his ideas on sports performance and place it into most any scenario in your life. This interview, courtesy of Sirius XMFC, Dan was doing several presentations in Chicago. He's a former professional golfer. So naturally, it was important for me to start the interview with one of my favorite activities, golf. This interests me for two reasons. I'm a soccer coach yep. and an avid golfer. Yep. So I'm going to... Uh, this is going to be just for me. This segment, we're going to, we're going to improve my game, and, oh, wow. and, we're and do improve a session. my yeah. We're going to do a little session here, but I have, um, I have talked about this before because I see the similarities, in as much as I, and, and you take it from here. But in golf, to me, it's a lot of uh, focus and visualization as to what you want to happen next. It's clarity of mind because you never want to get too high and never want to get too low. And it's not just soccer. That could be all sports. Yeah. But what can you give us a comparison? How, how does golf and soccer overlap? How does a professional golfer with a psychology degree, obviously, uh, advanced degree, work with soccer players and coaches? Well, I became a psychologist because I was a professional golfer, and that's the route I went down because I was just a rubbish professional golfer and I didn't win any money whatsoever. <laughs> and that wasn't through a lack of uh, ball-striking talent. It was just because I would stand on the first tee and see the, the water, the trees, the rough, the, the, the bunker, and I just became fascinated in the psych psychological side of sport in general. And um, I sort of found myself 15 years ago and, and obviously living, living in England where there's so much soccer. Um, I qualified as a sports psychologist and I was like, okay, I know golf like the back of my hand, now I'm going to get into soccer and I got in through the non-leagues and it built from there. And, and, um, but the, the differences, I mean, clearly there are differences. You know, golf is self-paced, it's an individual sport, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a slow sport, um, whereas obviously soccer is a very instinctive game, it's a team game. So there, there are absolutely differences in the psychological side and often I'm I'm asked by uh, golfers you know how can you work in in soccer because it is this <laughs> instinctive sport you know surely there's no time to think and actually I, I've just come from my first session um, to join you here and uh, I started we're doing a little bit of a clapping exercise uh, with the coaches. I got, I got a, a, a group of coaches to clap five times over five seconds, and I got uh, a group of coaches to clap 25 times over five seconds. And the five, the five times clapping over five seconds, I said, you're my soccer group, because soccer works in seconds. You know, it takes a goal. It takes a second to score a goal. It takes a second to complete a pass. But the, the but this other group, the 25 claps, is the brain and the nervous system because the brain and the nervous system work incredibly quickly. They trump soccer for speed every single time so when you go play soccer if you think about this as a coach when you go play soccer you know you've got thoughts and feelings judgments th being thrown at you from your brain and ner nervous system all the time so the task of a player is to be able to manage those thoughts and feelings to be able to optimize the tech and physical side of the game and the task of a coach is to be that psychosocial coach to be able to help players optimize um, their, their tech tack and, and, and physical size. That's so so, so with that example, are you, are you trying to get the athletes to slow 
the process down? Is that what you're saying? Rather than ha take the, all that information and, and slow it down? Look, I go via an 80-20 rule in as much as 80% of what you're going to be doing is automatic. You know, what you, you train it on the, on the training ground and then you go out and you trust it and you just play. Clearly, that's that, there's that element. And this is something I'm going to be talking about a lot, a lot tomorrow is that I'm passionate about soccer players going onto the pitch and having a putting mindset first. I would even go, go that far, have a structure to their mindset and be passionate about being really, really good with their mental intensity, with their mental focus, um, with their positive intention. If they get those three things right, if they manage their emotions, if they manage the, the thoughts that I call them ants, A-N-T-S, automatic negative thoughts, if they can squash those ants, then they can optimize the physical side of the game. What are the uh, scenarios where the ants take place most of the time? There's so many scenarios, you know, because that brain is constantly judging. But let's just take a simple one in terms of uh, working in the Premier League. I consult with AFC Bournemouth and, and I've consulted with Derby County and QPR and Fulham over the years. So I've worked with many strikers and, you know, strikers go out there to score. They're passionate about scoring. But what often happens is they miss a chance and they miss perhaps a golden opportunity to score. And that brain is judging. Now, some of them are very good at just carrying on and playing, carrying on and creating chances. But a lot of them immediately judge and say, oh, it's not going to be my day today. And they have that strong emotional reaction, a bit of despondency, maybe anger at themselves. Now, the problem here is what we know from neuroscience is then the front part of the brain, the intelligent part of the brain starts to shut down. So their ability to go through this important what we would call, and it's a horrible name, so I do apologize, a cognitive cycle. The cognitive cycle is search, decide, and execute. And what we know is the best, best soccer players in the world search, decide, and execute quicker than everybody else. So your Iniestas, your Javis, your Messis, search, decide, execute, search, decide, execute. But when you start to appraise the situation in a negative way, that gets in the way of search, decide, execute, and everything slows down. My job as a psychologist is to help coaches to help players or just help players directly to be able to keep that search, decide, execute going as quickly as possible. And obviously in front of the goal, you know, that's a, that's a critical and vital part of the game. Can you give us an example? I mean, what kind of, uh, what kind of exercises, mm -hmm. if, if that's what they're called, yeah. can you utilize in order to get someone who has that automatic negative, what was it? Automatic, automatic negative thought. So I, the, auto we yeah. use the acronym of ANT, ant. Okay. and your job is to squash the ANT. All right, so I've got the possible. automatic negative thought. Okay. I, I just hit it over the bar, and that's it for me on the day. Yeah. What are you going to do with me? <laughs> Put me on the spot there. Okay. So, so, it's, so in the there's lots of things that you can do but I will I'll use my colloquialism here I'll work with players to create a game face okay and a game face is um, as the name suggests it's the personality you want to be on the pitch it's who you want to be and that game face consists of a couple of key words uh, in simple terms so for instance I'll sit with a player I'll sit with a striker and I'm thinking of one right now who's actually quite good back in England and I said to that player well tell me about you at your best Tell me about you at your best. Start to picture that. You know, so tapping into this player's memory. And that player said, well, after a few, few bit of thinking about it, he said, I'm relentless and I'm, I'm uh, 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 non-stop. Or no, sorry, full of energy. Okay, relentless and energy, relentless and energy, relentless and energy. Okay, great. Um, what I want you to do is go on the pitch and I'll... What we're going to make non-negotiable here is you are going to stick to your game face. Nothing and no one takes you away from, from your game face. I want to build the importance of sticking to the game face no matter what. So this player said to me, I'm going to be relentless and I'm going to be full of energy. Relentless and energy. So we're using, he's using his self-talk there. 
That's a really, really important strategy, okay? And so what we do is we set a situation whereby it is an absolute, Glenn, it is an absolute non-negotiable. It is an absolute non-negotiable. You go on the pitch, you're going to be relentless in energy. That is the game face. Other people, when they watch you, they will describe you as full of re they're relentless and, and energy. Now, if you miss a golden opportunity to score and you have an ant, you squash that ant by using your self-talk to come back to relentless in energy. Yeah, you see how that fits together? Yeah, you I can do. also throw, throw in your body language. So you can act relentless in energy. That's something we really underestimate. Okay, it's a horrible term in psychology. It's called embodied cognition. Told you it was horrible. But basically, <laughs> cognition being your thoughts, embodied, so embodying your thoughts. I can embody relentless in energy. So in that moment when I miss a chance, what a lot of players will do is they go, oh, I missed that chance. Oh, it's not going to be my day. No, stop. Come on, let's squash that ant. Say it, do it, be it, act it. Relentless and energy. The point being is I want that player going into the game, putting that, and I'm talking about this a lot tomorrow in my session, absolutely, you have to put that on a pedestal. But you know what? We are so socialized in soccer into outcome and performance. Performance, performance, performance. I've got to score, I've got to score, I've got to score. I've got to have an 8 out of 10 game. We can't force that. We can't control that. But what we can do is be relentless in energy nonstop. All right, you were talking about your sessions. The one you did this morning completed essential psych social skills to improve your coaching. And then tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Friday at 1, redefining competitiveness, how to help players high perform time and time again. So that's a consistent high performance uh, strategy. That's an important session. Look, you know what it is? And what, something I wanted to do when I came here because um, being fortunate enough to be in England and, and consult with AFC Bournemouth and consult with a number of uh, high-profile professional footballers or f professional soccer, soccer players back home, I, I have something I call an elite competitor model. And again, it's, it's that redefining competitiveness. I, I, I'm going to come back to what I was saying there is we're so social. When I sit down with players and I say, what are you trying to achieve on match day? They will always say, well, I want to win and I want to perform. You know, I want to high-perform. I want to score goal. I want to keep a clean sheet. I want to be eight or nine out of ten. I want to be man or woman of the match. Stop, stop, stop. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to redefine that competitiveness. The first thing we're going to do is competitiveness starts with mindset. It starts with retaining an outstanding, a high, what I call an HPM, a high performance mindset. As you can see, I like my acronyms. You are going to start in your HPM. You're going to stay in your HPM no matter what. Retaining, that was an important word you just said because that's all, to me, that's the biggest challenge in coaching at, with, with everything you do. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And this is the thing, is when you work on a game face and you work on high performance mindset as a coach, the beauty of these ideas is you can bring them into your, again, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow, you can bring them into your coaching culture, you can bring them into your activities, you know, into your keep ball, small sided game, passing exercises. Not enough coaches, I'm passionate that not enough coaches do this, they don't bring the psychology into their activities. They don't think of it that way. Now, let's, let's, let's use our imagination here. Let's imagine that all of our players had a game face and all of them, we were talking to them about being in their HPM. I want to see this keep ball, this, this, this small-sided game in the style of your HPM. I want you to help each other. There's teamwork, there's leadership. I want you to help each other stay in the game face, stay in your HPM. I want you to use your self-talk and encourage each other to use self-talk, encourage each other to use body language. Wow, how powerful is that? How powerful is that to be able to envelope your tech tech and physical work in the psychosocial side, to create a common language amongst your coaching staff and your players to be able to help them high perform consistently under pressure? You know, the, the 
talking about challenges, and we're with uh, Dan Abrahams, a, a, a global sports psychologist. The ability, and, and this happened, uh, I remember when I introduced uh, live telemetry, GPS, that sort of thing in my training, and, uh, and, and the key there was, you know, each individual, you have to cater to each individual and work with each individual. Well, the same is true for psychology, and uh, what a challenge, I don't have a degree in psychology, so how, how you, in one of your sessions is improve your coaching in this area. Yeah. So uh, is that a fine line? Look, it, look, it is, and, and it is one of the things. I mean, I talked about this this morning. Is sense making? It's making sense of the literature out there. It's making sense of the ideas, and, and that's you know what, Glenn. That's really hard for coaches, and this is sometimes why where the psych social side of the game gets brushed under the carpet. Sure, because, because we're not difficult. confident with you know exactly. it, we know how to set up exactly. a session and work. You know, we talked to uh, to Ian about rondos, and yeah. you know, so we have all that down. But this is the one. Yeah, this is the area. And what coach on the collegiate level, for instance, which is where I worked, or even on the club level, you know, in, in clubs, who, who's got a sports psychologist that they can, you know? Yeah, and that, and that you know, we go back a few years and we've spoken on, on this show and, and a number of times, and, and that's where I'm passionate in my work, to be able to demystify this area for coaches. Yeah. And that's where I've come up with things like, rather than talking about individual zones of optimal functioning, I talk about a game <laughs> face, right? Rather than talking about uh, cognitive restructuring, I just talk about self-talk. You know, instead of embodied cognition, I'll talk about um, body language. So we in psychology have to be better for you guys to scaffold the language, to make practical, to, to create practical techniques to help, to, to help you to help players. And that's what's so important. That's why I'm here to, to, to be able to uh, share these ideas. Global sports psychologist and the founder of the Dan Abrahams Soccer Academy, Dan Abrahams. Follow him at DanAbrahams77. And don't forget the ants. For the Soccer City Spotlight, this is Glenn Crooks.